0: welcome to DBPA, the drunk bitches podcast i'm jamie
1: and i'm sarah each episode we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip so let's get started but first pass the wine bitch Pop and fizz welcome to our episode on popping the bubbly for royalty so we thought it would be fitting for the holiday season since there's a lot of celebrating and um you know, just happy lots of times, bubbles. lots of bubbly. So people usually go to champagne or sparkling wine. So we thought that we would drink Bollinger champagne. We decided to spring for this one. We sprung for it. So it is an it is champagne, which we'll talk about, not sparkling wine, um, and it is what is is one of the the British royals' favorite champagne. So we are getting fancy Woo-hoo. as fancy as f.
0: It's still too early to say it. Okay. Okay.
1: Everyone knows. Um, yeah. So this is our first. This is our first bubbly.
0: I'm so excited. DBP
1: in DBP history, this is our first bubbly. Get to it, Jamie. Let's pop it. Yes, I'm popping it. This is it. a different kind of pop, guys.
0: <gasps> oh. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> I love it. That was super
1: impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and it was right by my face, so it made me really nervous. I, Hey, I'm glad you did it and not me. Uh,
0: um, well, because there's, tr- there's a trick to doing it.
1: And I don't know that trick.
0: The whole thing is like, you take the cage off carefully. And then, if you're not sabering the bottle, which is like my ultimate goal in life is to saber a bottle of sparkling wine. But if you're not doing that, then you're supposed to actually hold the cork with your top hand slightly. And as you hold the base of the bottle just slowly turn it and lift up and so it doesn't have to go flying
1: nope nope not to say that i can't i can do that but that was very impressive thank you um the same my first rodeo i know okay i love sparkling cheers as we cheers cheers out of these beautiful Mm. champagne glasses yes oh wait that's not good enough (laughs) that's still lackluster do it again these glasses are not very cheers-worthy. Mmm, the fizz. It's good. It's very fizzy and delicious. It's kind of pear Yeah. So, admittingly, right? I'm not the biggest sparkling fan because it usually doesn't make me feel great after. Yes. But this does taste wonderful at this moment.
0: At this very moment <laughs> in time. I do love sparkling. I, that is like a very much go-to. Um, if I, if I could, although I do love red wine, so don't, I'd say it goes red wine, then sparkling, then white wine. See, I, I take white wine over Mm sparkling, but, um, this is like, this is good. It's not, it's not sweet at all. Okay. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about champagne. 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 So champagne comes from the champagne region of France. Okay. Very specific region. And. Wines that are called champagne must be made from grapes that are grown in champagne with a huge loophole and caveat that my lovely friend Sarah managed to figure out. Yeah. I am astounded by this because I'm sure you guys, like us, have seen other things not from France called champagne, specifically from the States. Mm California. Yeah. So can you explain to us why... There is this wonderful exception. Yeah.
1: So, usually if, like Jamie said, if it's a sparkling, not from the region of Champagne in France, you cannot call it Champagne. You have to call it. It'll say sparkling wine. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that it's not good. That just means it doesn't come from France. However. That's the distinction, really. That's the distinction. However, there is a loophole. Um, And this loophole goes back in history to the Treaty of Versailles. So... I mean, we're talking ancient history here. So this is the end ancient of World history. War One, or that's the, well, I mean, not that ancient, <laughs> but like kind of ancient. Okay, end of World War One, <laughs> um, when the war in the Champagne region of France basically almost destroyed all the winemaking facilities there. Uh, so that was around 1917. So they were um, thinking that you know champagne making might not make it back they weren't no. sure so there was an article added to the treaty of versailles actually specifically article 275 and they didn't want germany from taking advantage of the situation oh and basically flooding the market with all of their sparkling wines and calling it champagne because they needed to rebuild and hopefully make champagne again so Hashtag goals yes so all members signed this treaty, the Treaty of Versailles, basically saying that they um, it prohibited all members to produce the wine that was protected by the French regional appellation. So anyone who signed the treaty basically were not allowed to make these wines and call them, you know, Champagne, for example, of the appellation.
0: I wonder if in that France. was just like in the fine print at first.
1: I don't know. There's a specific article that was added to it, so I don't think so. Um, this is a heavy glass
0: comparatively so, from like what we normally drink. I from, know. I'm like, oh god, it's like it's I'm stunning. Like beautiful. Crystal. I'm stunning every single time. They're gorgeous. Thank you.
1: Um, but if anyone is good in history, they might remember that the U.S. did not sign the Treaty of Versailles. But France wasn't really worried about this because at the time. U.S. was going into prohibition, so they were like, "Okay, well, whatever." California, they're not going to do they're anything. They're not going to do anything. Then prohibition is repealed. Woohoo! Yay! And the United States starts making champagne. Champagne, calling it champagne. Uh, they were also making things like, like Car- Carlo Rossi, for example, was making, <laughs> in quotation marks, Hardy Burgundy, which was, if anyone knows what Carlo Rossi is, it's that jug wine you can find. And that was actually Zen. party
0: Burgundy. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So France was getting annoyed. They're like, what the hell? This is annoying. You're confusing consumers. Like, oh, sure. We're the only ones who can do this because, you know, they're French. Um, so <laughs> in 2005, the European Union, led by France, got the U.S. to reach an agreement. Okay. Um, in exchange for easing trade restrictions... The US agreed to what they call semi generic names. Um, okay. So they weren't going to be able to use these. So, like, they can't say California Champagne, Sherry, Chablis. Like, that was no longer going to be able to be used because those are those specific. I forgot
0: Chablis was too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. French.
1: However, if a wa- California winemaker was doing this before 2006, March 10th, 2006, they were allowed to continue using this on their label indefinitely. So no one from then on could do California champagne or Chablis or whatever or any French term on their label unless they had been doing it since before then.
0: And not just that they existed, that they had been producing that specific French name before. And using it on their And labels. using it on their label before. It's not like, oh, I've been around since 1972, but, oh, I was around, I was, you know, a designated, like, vineyard right. back then. No, you that doesn't mean that starting in 2006, you can just slap it on there. You had to have done it before then. So,
1: that yeah. is the craziest thing. You could have been in California and having, putting sparkling wine on your label. but this, And so, you wouldn't be able to do that. Right. You wouldn't be able to say champagne. So... It's only if you were using it on your label before 2006.
0: Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. I just got an email from one of my wine clubs that had champagne in it. And I was like, uh, you're in Sonoma. <laughs> this, is, this is not possible. And so I was like, I looked in to see, and ironically enough, they their grapes do come from the Champagne region of France. Okay. All of their grapes. So I do think that even though they may have called, maybe that's not the agreement or it's how they did it before, yeah. They have maybe since done that and incorporated the French grapes into it so that it's more legitimately called champagne is what I would imagine. I don't know for a fact, but I was I'm not sure. I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that there is an actual loophole and yeah, it's not it Yeah, it doesn't even matter where the grapes come from then.
1: Yep.
0: But I do I'm curious though if they do have to follow the traditional me- method so the... Um, I don't think they do.
1: There's really? nothing on there about that.
0: Oh, my face is starting to blow up. I feel
1: it. <laughs> There's nothing on there about having to use a specific, the specific things, uh, winemaking techniques that they do in champagne.
0: That is... Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm already almost done with my first glass. Yeah, you... There's you, a reason... Why these glasses are not the best for champagne, A, because they're tiny as F, and B, because the way that these, these are champagne flutes, and champagne flutes in a sense that they like go outward, they almost look like inverted triangles, and they're beautiful. I love them, don't get me wrong, however, you don't want a vessel, a glass that opens out. You want something that curves inward because that's going to help protect the bubbles and the fizz. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make sure that your drink is as fizzy as possible throughout the duration of your drinking it. So if I owned any glasses like that, which surprisingly enough, I don't, we would have been drinking out of those but we're going to drink out of the gold-rimmed because it's going to make well, us feel I like think fancy they're and royalty. else. beautiful and
1: fancy. And exactly, we're going to be talking about royalty, so, I mean, like, why not act like royalty?
0: Oh, wait, that means I need to feel way more proper. <laughs> damn, Give me, me a, a damn tear. I need a
1: crown. Um, okay, I, I should say one thing for history people who might want to correct me. Yeah. The U.S. did sign the Treaty of Versailles, but oh. the Senate never ratified it, Okay. So, there you go. Really? Yes. Really? So, people are like, oh, wait. They did sign it. So, you know, I'm not... Sarah, you're going to have to the most stop me. On this his, I'm definitely gone. Okay. History, history historian.
0: We are not historians by day <laughs> or by night. Oh. Okay. Uh, it's not our uh, calling. But, yeah. ooh, good. Okay, great. So, champagne, again, if we're talking about champagne in the sense of Traditional champagne. And I think that's where we're going moving forward here. Mm. But I love sort of knowing why we might see it elsewhere, from, not from France. Champagne is a white bubbly that is actually made from three primary grapes. One, I'd say, many people would probably guess Chardonnay. Um, Chardonnay? Chardonnay. Uh, Pinot Noir. Interesting. And Pinot Meunier. Okay, I think that's how you say. I don't even know what that is. It, I believe, it's a red grape. Okay. So Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier. I suppose we should figure that out for sure. Um, can also be joined by a few other grapes: Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris, uh, Arbane, which I know I've heard of before, and Petite Meslier. I don't know what that one is. Sorry, I can't so even make something up for that.
1: Petite Meunier is also known as Schwarz Riesling. Wait. So, is it not red? It is a variety of a black wine grape. Oh, okay. Yeah. What kind of Riesling? Schwartz. Schwartz Riesling. Yeah, Schwartz, be with you. Yeah. So they're very dark-skinned grapes, and they're mostly made in. They're mostly made. They're mostly used for champagne. Awesome. Yeah. That's so okay.
0: Explains why we haven't seen that on the shelves I think we've perused many uh wine shelf it's so,
1: one third of all the grapes planted in champagne
0: really mm-hmm.
1: oh and the it gets its name Whoa. from minier or muller which is german both meaning miller because it has a flower-like dusty white down on the underside of its leaves
0: that's cute it's <laughs> such an adorable picture <laughs> I do know of a song in French. I'm not going to sing it, but I learned in French class in high school that it was about Miller, like the Miller. Mini. I don't know what any of it means anymore, but now this makes sense. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. So, Pinot Noir. I mean, we're looking at that. There's not a hint of blush whatsoever no, in this, this is glass. Very white. It is extremely white and that is because um, of the way that it's made. And I know that I believe in an earlier episode we touched a little bit on the different pressing. Like there's like a bladder press that helps preserve. So it it doesn't – the juices flow without getting that skin contact. So I think that that is primarily how they can make sure that there's there's no red tint at all. Um, The traditional method uh, or – Oh, God. Method champi- Champenoise. Oh. I wasn't even going to attempt it, but y- you did it. You went there. Good. Champenoise? I think it's it
1: Champenoise. Does an E in the end? Oise? Champenoise? I
0: think so, because it has right. an E in the All right, all right. I told Sean that maybe I should take a French class. I was like, we see so many French words
1: in DBP. Hold on. Faire champenoise. There,
0: Champenoise.
1: There you go. Champenoise. 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 You champenoise. Are correct. All
0: right, so after primary fermentation, right, so, well, now I'm a little confused by it, but after primary fermentation and bottling, a second alcoholic fermentation occurs in the bottle. So the second fermentation, um, during that time, it's bottled with some additional yeast grams. Okay. And then bottled up. And then what's done, and so the other thing is that some have, um, oh, and they also add sugar to the bottle. Um, Each brand has its own secret recipe, if you will. Um, But in order to develop, let's see. I feel like that's right. Okay, so after after it's bottled and after it's, you know, put in to do that second fermentation. There's these other things that you can do. It's usually stored sort of on an angle upside down so that all of the leaves or all of the dead yeast particles and additional sediment, sediment, excuse me, from the sugars will rest at the neck of the bottle. Okay. And so then it's uncorked. That stuff's removed. Every, the CO2 or the CO2 comes because of that extra fermentation in the bottle. And so it's capped. It seems like absolute magic,
1: it is. It is very like magical. I don't know
0: how you could do it all so quickly because they do something with like freezing the neck bottle so that the juice itself, the wine itself, does not pour back out.
1: You can watch a year in Champagne, and it goes through all of this. Too. I don't
0: think I I watched that yet. Yeah, it's I watched pretty a year in Burgundy. Yes,
1: and that's very interesting. Yeah, but yeah. If anyone's really curious on the winemaking techniques, I would watch that documentary. <clears throat> yes, I think it's on Netflix. I um, love Netflix.
0: So that so it's a very specific method that's done. I know that there are other ways in order to uh, to create and make sparkling. This is but one, and there is also something about the different methods. Typically, have more pressure and more fizz. So there are different things like cava is made in a different way, and cava comes from Spain. Um, Cremant, which is usually like Alsatian. It's also French or Swiss, I think. Uh, They're all made, they can be made in different methods. And so you're going to find that difference um, in terms of the bubbly. Champagne actually um, became associated with the royalty. And we're trying to talk about the royals. Starting in the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries. So the lead manufacturers of champagnes really tried to advertise and put themselves, market themselves to royalty. Um, and so associating themselves with more nobility um, and, you know, again, this is sort of where the initial advertising and packaging came yeah. into play. Um, designed very much to appeal to a certain demographic. So it's not anything new, although I feel like more people are capitalizing on that mm-hmm. now. <clears throat> but this is, this is like centuries ago that they, that they started doing this. Um, but then it also became very popular with the middle class. And I'm sure that that has something to do with trying to emulate that royalty in trying to, you know, have a, a hint of royalness within their own lives.
1: Royalness.
0: Royalness. Hmm. <laughs> Practice your wave. So do you want to talk about... Like Bollinger specifically?
1: Sure. But, but first, I thought what was interesting and made me feel really special. Yeah. Well, not made me feel really special, but makes it sound really fancy is what they call a dosage. A dosage. A dosage. So that's what they add to maintain the level in the bottle right after it's been fermented and aged. Um, they the neck of the champagne and then they remove the cap and this pressure forces out the ice the
0: which, extra leaves and yes, all that stuff Yeah, yep,
1: that's what you were talking about um, but they have to maintain the level because obviously
0: something comes something out something comes right?
1: out then they use wine from previous vintages and additional sugar so that's when they have mm. the sugar and they call that le dosage and this so- adjusts to the sweetness
0: and I know, so that's another thing you mentioned the, you know, pre- previous vintages, this wine that we're drinking right here, the champagne is, is a non-vintage right? and I think a lot of sparklings are uh, yeah. non-vintage and that, that process right there yep. is probably enough for the French, you know, the laws of creating wine and labeling it to say, you can't call this a specific vintage because you added something from a previous one.
1: Right. So interesting. Yeah. So I never knew that. I know it's, it's, it is really interesting. Um, so we're drinking Bollinger today. It is a champagne. It is a champagne that's around 50. I think you can get it under 50. No, no, no. This is, it's
0: typically around 60. Trust me. I price shopped. I went to like four different places to see what I could find this for. The cheapest one I found it was just under fifty four dollars. Okay, but even if you go on like Vivino, like the app or whatever, uh-huh. it's going to show you somewhere around like fifty nine, something like that. So it, but I've I have also seen it listed for like sixty five. Okay, so well
1: for champagne though, that's still relatively.
0: I think that's relatively cheap. That's
1: relatively cheap because usually inexpensive. Yes, I don't want usually to be cheap. when you're buying a champagne from France, mm. it is. I mean. I don't know, close to a hundred. I would say eighty. Yeah, I was gonna say up up there. Yeah, I don't think you can find any French champagne for less than fifty. I could be wrong.
0: You know, you know what? That's actually that's very interesting because I think it would depend. you know where the grapes are coming from. You know if mm-hmm. it's a Grand Cru or Premier Cru because I know for Bollinger, for this this special cuvee that we're drinking. Yeah. Over eighty-five percent of the grapes that are in this uh-huh. come from Grand and Premier Cru's. The other thing, and I am so sad that I miss mentioning this, but the blend typically, what is listed on Bollinger's website, is sixty percent Pinot Noir, twenty-five percent Chardonnay, and fifteen percent Pinot Meunier. Oh,
1: and nice so, thank
0: you. all uh, Thanks. Toss the hair. <laughs> Uh, in maturation, it says cellar age for more than twice the time required by the appellation. I do believe that it is one point and a half years required for um, aging it before, so that all the flavors develop. But so that means that this has probably been aged for three. And then the dosage, which you mentioned, which mm-hmm. I had no idea what the hell that was, is uh, it says moderate, eight to nine grams per liter.
1: So Bollinger... It was first awarded a royal warrant by Queen Victoria in 1884. So the Royal Warrant Holders Association. What is that? <laughs> so, you know, I mean like... They like probably do a lot of royal how shit. We get in, exactly. How we get into the, the royalty uh, conversation. <laughs> you know, I mean like they can pretty much do whatever they want. It's, it's basically the royal stamp of approval. And Bollinger became the official supplier of champagne to the British court in that time, in 1884. And again in 1950, from King George VI. Hear that fizzle. Fizzle.
0: (laughs) That's really going there.
1: (laughs) So there's only eight champagne brands that have received royal warrants. This is awesome. Really? Yeah. See, Um, guys,
0: we're letting all of the bubbles escape because we're not drinking it out of a tipped-in glass.
1: Yikes. Oh, well. Um, Still delicious. But apparently, this is rumored to be one of the favorites Mm -hmm. of Queen Elizabeth, and she loves to indulge in a glass of champagne each night before bed. Also, I read that she drinks four cocktails a day.
0: All of that sounds amazing. Sign me up for that. (laughs) Sign me up to be the next queen. (laughs) I'll be what? Like the... Uh,
1: I don't think we need to be queen to be 500
0: millionth. To do that? Yeah. Maybe to make it so that it's acceptable? (laughs) <laughs> yeah actually i don't know if i could hold four cocktails a day like is uh, it throughout the day what's I she don't sipping know. on
1: i don't exactly i don't know i don't know what cocktails quite means. also
0: funny story or funny little linkage here J- jances robinson who we talked about in the last episode she has actually been helping queen elizabeth curate her wine mm. cellar so she's she's like in the know of like what's in their wine cellar i bet it's Massive and beautiful. I'm
1: sure it is. If I was queen, shit. Let me tell you what my wine Ooh. cellar would look like. I need a separate Ooh. house. Um, okay. So the Royal Warrant Holders Association describes this champagne as having a distinctive range of Pinot Noir-driven champagnes, and that it is known for its instantly recognizable dry, toasty style. That's Wine.com's description. Oh. But
0: Amazing. They're just like, yeah. And they also Ooh, so support young.
1: sustainable wine growing. They use biological pest control. <laughs> okay. And try to reduce the use of chemicals. So.
0: Kudos to Bollinger. Yes.
1: Maybe we should get more into the royalty thing. Let's do like it. Because that sounds like really fun. I mean, I.
0: I admittedly
1: mm-hmm.
0: did not have any major interest in the royal family. You didn't?
1: No. Well, and I I did, Well, but you have family. Yeah, yeah. Your grandmother lives in England. Yes, she does. My grandmother is very English. Yes. She's 100% yes. English.
0: So, like, that I understand, and you've gone there, and that's been a part of your life. Yes. I really... I mean, aside from what we had to learn in school, which I'd say is probably largely limited,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I really didn't take an interest in it and then i you know netflix thank you
1: uh-huh
0: <laughs> my in-laws were watching the crown okay i was like oh i've never seen that yeah and so i love i then after, love that show dude after i learned that they watched this i was like oh we could do this together we could definitely do this together so i went home and i was like i'm gonna watch the crown and you know what that shit just sucks you right in. Oh, yeah. It is so amazing. It's amazing. Now, and I do try to keep in mind that some of it is likely there's artistic liberty. Yeah,
1: sure, sure. But it is all... A lot of it's historical fact.
0: I know. Because guess what? While I was watching every episode. I was like, oh, did that happen? Because it... And it is. And I did see an article posted about something about do we really need the British family? But it was talking about how they are... It's like... It's like a real-life soap opera, right? I mean, because it's like, oh, no, Princess Margaret couldn't have said those things or done those things, and it's like, oh, but she did. Oh, but she did. Oh, but she did. Yeah. There's also a conspiracy that she had a child out of wedlock.
1: She probably
0: did. Yeah, that's also on Netflix. Hmm.
1: Conspiracies. Mm-hmm.
0: But so, yeah, so The Crown actually instigated sort of my newfound interest in the royals and i'd say it's more so it's it's interesting to me because there's so much that happened historically Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that you know is somewhat hidden i mean i'm always curious if the characters portrayed had the actual like the same um, characteristics and mannerisms and you know, personalities that they did. I'd mm-hmm. imagine, again, some of it is blown out of proportion for, you know, entertainment purposes. But it still makes me question, and I remember trying to think, like, man, if I were put in the position of becoming queen at such a young age, and I had all of these things happening to me, how would I have reacted? And not that I would ever find myself in those situations. Right. But it still was very amazing because... Let me tell you, that woman had poise throughout everything. And it sucked because, and I think that this was very evident in it, but she was like, I can't react. I have to be, I have to put on a very even keel face. I can't have personal, you know, I can't play favorites. I can't show my emotions about things. And that has to be one
1: of the most challenging things ever. Oh, yeah. I don't have a great poker face. By the way, I... I I think that the acting in that show is impeccable. Amazing, so good, and the looks really look like the actual people. Yes, like oh again, I've looked at
0: pictures and news articles and stuff like that. It's
1: unreal. They did an amazing casting job, but I guess the next season they're changing actors to make them older.
0: The next season they're advancing. I
1: feel like you could just use makeup.
0: Isn't no, but is the next season? um, Is the next season going to be about like Diana and Charles era? I don't know. I know eventually they're going to do Kate Middleton, Meghan Markle. Oh, are they? I think so, because I think that... I've already heard rumors about, like, who they're going to be casting. Mm, I don't know. But I wouldn't doubt it, to be honest.
1: I think it'd be different, though, playing the show of people who are, like, the cur- like currently in, yeah. in the palace. I mean, yes, the Queen Elizabeth still is, but... Yeah.
0: Anyway, so one thing that I really liked, and I'm this is where I f- I feel like today's fascination might be even more pronounced and evident is the show. So Prince Philip is he's he was Greek, yeah, and Greek and German, mostly Greek, mostly Greek, yeah. yeah. So he he was coming into the British royalty without being a Briton. Brit, yeah, and so he battled many, many things, and I think that it is very insightful to see sort of how these. I'm gonna, I am gonna call him and Princess. Although Princess Diana was British, she was also a, what they call a commoner. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, uh, I think I just saw an article where Kate Middleton is called a commoner too. So, and Meghan Markle, American. Yes. Like, these things, these are all outsiders, and it is a huge shift in sort of what your life is like before
1: Oh, I cannot and imagine. After. It's
0: like B-R and A-R, before royalty and after royalty.
1: And that's the whole thing with Princess Diana, is she couldn't handle it. Right. She didn't like it. She right. did like that life.
0: Well, there were a lot of things that I yes. think that happened poor Princess Di that led to a downfall. Yeah. But anyway... So I I that's why I think that today like especially with Meghan Markle just joining the royal family it's like holy shit every every American not every many Americans are very interested and I think I did hear something else because they were like I just got up to pour and I'm going to put this down for a minute I heard that they the US is particularly excited because now that Meghan Markle is A dual citizen, there is something about the fact that the royal family now needs to divulge their finances, or something like that. Like they need to share more information than they would have with the U.S. So, was Meghan Markle born in the United States?
1: I don't remember. I don't either. But my understanding is that having dual citizenship is actually frowned down upon for from the United States' standpoint. I'm, so, uh,
0: I think that the only reason that they're excited about it is because they get greater
1: insight. into No, I, their... I didn't even think you were technically supposed to do that if you were born here. Dual citizenship? Yeah. Really? Hmm. Well, I can't. Something that. to look into. Um. But uh, yeah. I. 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 I mean, that's pretty cool. I don't know what the deal is with that, but I think the United U.S. is definitely eyes are more on the British family because of mm-hmm. Meghan Markle. However, I feel like we've all been fascinated by the royal family like definitely in England definitely the Brits are yeah but even so the United States even before this I think there's I mean I remember when Princess Di was was around and like everyone was interested in what she was doing and the story and all of it you yeah know? I mean they're they are they are the world's celebrities really oh for sure. like
0: for sure, and I because they are in very much the public eye, and I can't fathom being no literally under every you in know, everything you're scrutinized you do. For and everything. we'll kind
1: of get into since we are in the holiday season, we'll kind of get into some of their Christmas traditions because I think find them. Well, really I'm excited interesting. about that. Um, but like all their traditions, all their rules, like the craziest things that you would never even think about. Like, do you know why they carry the purse in front of their? Like, Princess Di always had her purse in front of her stomach. And then when she would get out of the car, she would put it, like, against her chest. was so that no one could ever take a picture of her cleavage.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be, like, they have, like bulletproof
1: piece of no <laughs> no 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 no
0: well i mean maybe that too and then you started saying like in front of their I abdomen and i was like to hide their pregnancies obviously
1: but isn't there a psychological reason why we we're all so, so fascinated by them because I, really they are just people right
0: they are just people but okay also consider that there are fairy tale like everyone the many fashion. people can, can we talk the fashion, about the fashion we'll share the fashion but, like, everyone has grown up with these fairy tales, like, from mm-hmm. a very young age. And the royal family is the closest thing that we have to, I mean, they are, sure, there are other princes, princesses, queens, etc., mm-hmm. But the British royal family, the, the, the monarchy, has been in such public eye because I think that with the start of Queen Elizabeth taking the throne,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's been a sh- ton of shit that's happened across the world. And they have had a hand in it. And I think that you sort of see this, but they, you know, everything is so proper. There's just like Mm -hmm. this etiquette. There's like, there's a normalcy. And there is also, I think, you know, as described in a couple articles, because everything is carried on so normally and they have such tradition that you mentioned and, you know, they really adhere to these practices, there's a sense of normalcy and things don't seem as crazy and outrageous. When you look at them. Yeah. Like, people can be calmed by that fact, I think.
1: Well, I mean, it goes back to, like, why some kids, like, kids need structures and rules and, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it's kind of cool to, to be able to kind of see. And I also think people enjoy the family structure. I mean, people crave that without even knowing it. It's subconscious that you crave family structure. And seeing that, I think, is like...
0: Or just structure in your life in general, Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. do have very specific... There are a lot of requirements. I mean, we talked about Grace Kelly when she became a princess and, you know, the demands on her before. Same thing. You know, Meghan Markle was on this, you know, very well-received show of Suits, which admittedly I've never watched, but I hear it's amazing but she had she had to resign from it because yeah. she was marrying into the royal family.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And you know, it's I I can't say that I would I can't say that I would disagree with the fact that they don't want, you know, one of the reasons being that they don't want their, you know, married into family members kissing other human beings and getting paid for it. Uh, that's very
1: I think it's more than that.
0: I, I definitely think it's more than that. But I'm yeah. just saying, I feel like just from that perspective, because I remember with like Grace Kelly, it was something along those lines. Like they they didn't like that she had relations with other characters on set or in the scenes or something. Right. On set.
1: Well, I mean, also like we're addicted to reality TV, and this is like real live reality TV. Like, yeah, you don't get into like the the ins and outs of their lives, but I mean. They have this fantasy life that people only dream of in some ways. I mean, in other ways, I can see it being very stressful. But sure. But they have this fantasy life. Like, they're not they're not doing routine things like their laundry and whatever. They have people who do all these things for them. They have these. Like, it sounds lovely. Like, you look at, like, Meghan Markle <laughs> and, like, all the women of the royal She and I family. have the same shoes. There you go. Mm-hmm. See? And you know that. I know that. Yep. I was,
0: like, so, I was, like, oh! <gasps>
1: Oh, my God, she's wearing the same shoes that yeah, I have. Yeah, but, like, everyone's really into, like, their fashion, and they become icons in that sense. And
0: and you don't know. you think that that adds to this? Str- I mean, they then become role models, mm-hmm. not, just, not mm-hmm. just for little, like, little yeah. girls and boys, like, growing up. They become role models for grownups, too, yeah. because they seem, and that's part of the appeal, I think, of the royals is that, they, they're royalty, and sure, they do these, like, extravagant things, and they everything looks so... It's just amazing, and it's a totally different world, but at the same time, they're relatable.
1: Yeah. They well, have
0: kids. They go to the hospital. They don't sell their baby weight right away. Like,
1: all of these do things... Do they not?
0: Well, I my point being... <laughs>
1: sorry, sorry. My I point being... I was going to say, because I feel like...
0: Um, Do you remember? Well, now, yeah, she looks amazing right now. Kate Middleton
1: yeah. looks like—I mean, that picture of her, that tradition of them. Are you talking about out, the white gala that just happened? No, I'm talking about oh. the picture, like when they first have the baby. Yes, that day they come out and they take a picture. Yeah, like, and it's like, are you kidding me? If someone made me dress up and like, oh girl, I would be so fuck. I mean, I have not been
0: pregnant, but and I've not given birth, obviously, but no. I'd be like, uh-uh, I'm not getting out of this fucking bed. I'm not putting on heels or a dress.
1: Are you serious? No. I mean, like, that's crazy. It's not even, like, tw- 48 hours. And. It's, like, the same day. It is the same day. It's, like, hours after.
0: That's the other part. I mean, so it makes her relatable, but also it I makes me think about, like, the. No, no. I don't think that's on. relatable. Wait, not
1: that part. Oh,
0: okay. The part about her, she also experienced, um, what is that? Prima.
1: A placenta previa.
0: Yes, is that it? Yeah, or something gra- gravida. Plus, it's something even worse.
1: Uh, I, it's okay. like the
0: worst one that you can have, and um, it's a very apparently painful affliction when you're pregnant. And she still comes out looking like that. I'm like, girl,
1: well, she's probably got like 40 people working on her for. I know. For that. No, I, I agree. But I think it's crazy. It's, but they also, you know, I think some... Like, Prince Harry came out talking about his struggle with after his mom's death and stuff like that. So, like, I think that was very oh, relatable. Oh, mental health. Yes. They, um, they
0: are doing a huge thing for that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, and some of it, like, now they're kind of starting to bend traditions a little bit to more of the modern way, which was never allowed. So, that's a little bit interesting as well.
0: Do you ever, do you ever wonder how much... I mean, trust me, I'm, like, the next person. I go on, like, the magazine online things and start mm-hmm. to look through pictures and articles and things like that. And, you know, it's always like, oh, there's such a spat between so-and-so mm-hmm. and so-and-so. I'm like, I, I think that, listen, we as society don't need to have, like, the hubbub. I think that we, because of what the royalties, I think, have meant or the royalty has meant to our society. I think yeah. that even if we just saw good things. We didn't we don't need the drama. We don't need like the soap opera that happens right. because I almost think that the majority of it's fabricated.
1: Cuz I'm like yeah. who the hell is going to fucking know all that stuff? I mean n- true, but like I guess how Megan wants cuz Megan Markle's pregnant now and how she wants I to know, deliver exactly. is different. Like, then the tradition. Like, she wants to do some sort of, like, home type of birth or something. Oh, fuck that. Not, well, I'm with sorry. you. I'm with mm-hmm. you.
0: Um, not to say that they wouldn't have every piece of medical equipment
1: necessary. No, they're, they don't have an OR. I don't care where you... if Even if you're in the, ca- the palace, there's no OR. We'll remember no. emergency room or, I'm sorry, operating room. No, if but do you remember
0: in the crown?
1: Yeah, but that was, that was like...
0: I mean, he had his lungs
1: taken out. Yeah, but like one, we don't really know if that happened in the castle.
0: Ooh, and, I bet it
1: did. And palace, and two—that's back in the day, like before. That's all true. the sterile technique and that's all true. the stuff that we have now. That was a pretty fucked up scene. I don't think you could do that. Anyway,
0: um, wait. I did not read. I did not hear about that. Now I'm. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah, I
1: just heard about that. That that she wants to. Do a different type of delivery than the tradition. Mm. So, can we talk about some of their Christmas traditions? Yeah, please. I think that sounds okay. Great. So I'm now that we're, since we're in the holidays and we're drinking champagne, 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 sparkling. Champs. Whatever you want to. Yeah, this is the time of year where people usually break this out. So I thought. <laughs> Jamie's letting you hear the the bubbles there. I thought we could talk a little bit about their their royals and their Christmas traditions. Some of them, I think, are pretty cool and others are a little bit crazy. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So they attend a service on Christmas morning at St. Mary Magdalene. And then they attend another public service at 11 in the morning. So they go to two church services. Okay, so that seems... Wait, sorry, one in the morning, one in the... And one at 11. So one first thing in the morning and one at 11. All right, so that one's pretty normal. Okay. Okay. The second one I'm going to tell you is not. So (laughs) they have a tradition where they get weighed before and after Christmas dinner to make sure... (laughs) Weighed? They step on scales. (laughs) Yep. To make sure all the guests are eating enough. Hold the phone. So this goes back to King Edward VII's reign. I would be so angry. How does that
0: determine that they, like, does that mean that they require that you gain X number of kilograms? I don't, I don't know. To prove that you ate enough? And also, let's be honest, is there ever really a holiday party where there's not enough food? Not at mine, to be honest. So
1: I guess Megan was, is forced to, um, to do that. I don't think she was too happy f- about that.
0: I'd be kind of pissed about it myself.
1: Hell yeah. Are you kidding me? No, thank you. I don't... Wait, do
0: they share that with people?
1: I Who have sees no this? I have no idea. I have no idea. So... I disagree. Original. Oh, so I, I, don't, I, disagree. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, crazy. Okay. What else do they
0: do? So they so, get weighed before and, and after. after to make
1: sure they're eating enough. So then there's can you imagine if for Christmas before like your family do you know was how bad. It would in, make me feel If you were like, "Kate, uh get on the scale, guys."
0: <laughs> I'd be like, "Shut the fuck up because I'm just going to enjoy myself." Could you it's like I feel like if I knew that happened, I would not be able to enjoy my dinner. You better believe I do not weigh myself after I eat.
1: No. Ever. You're not supposed to. Ever. F F that. Okay. Next. Next? Next? The queen gives her... Thank you, next. Yes. The queen gives her Christmas (laughs) broadcast, which has been a tradition (gasps) for years. Um, Queen Lizzie was the first, so Elizabeth, was the first to televise it. So... Queen was the first one to start that, but I remember um, that. Yeah, I mean, so that's kind of cool. I
0: remember that being portrayed on the crown.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, they play charades. That's fine. That's that's fun. That sounds normal. Um, she they take the train um, every year to Sendringham. Where her family house is. Yes. Yes. And so every year they take the the train. So that sounds normal.
0: Yeah. Yep. Because that's, yeah, that's where they spend the holidays, Mm -hmm. right?
1: They do a Christmas walk and that's usually like on uh, recorded. So everybody sees this. So they're kind of on display for their Christmas walk. I mean, the walk is is a nice thing, but the being recorded, no.
0: I agree. I like, wait, so the Christmas walk, this is like just walking around outside yeah i support that yeah little get your blood moving
1: yeah i mean charades does the same I thing. i wonder if I like you it. can be walked and then weighed.
0: you're gonna walk <laughs> off all that all yeah. that i was uh-huh. gonna say christmas ham but you don't eat ham so
1: i'm uh, not a huge fan no um so there's these Christmas crackers, which are basically like these things. That well, you the poppers. The poppers.
0: We do that. Sean's mom does that.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a British thing, actually. Yeah. Um, and I guess the queen likes reading the jokes that come in them. So that's.
0: That's what we do. I think that's do. more
1: of like what she likes than her tradition. Uh, let's see what else. Um. They They do send out Christmas cards like the rest of us. <gasps> so the queen and Prince Philip actually sent 750. That's how much what? they send a year. Um, and she starts signing them, usually, like, way back in the summer, because she has so many to sign.
0: Do you think that they do, cr- like, photo cards?
1: Yes, I, I, I think so. I don't so know. So it's
0: probably from the wedding. So they probably got that shit printed right after
1: probably Harry and Meghan's wedding. Probably. Um. They they have tea every Christmas. Oh, yeah. Of course. They're British. Of course they have tea. <laughs> Come on. That's like not I'm not I I'm, I'm you know what I shouldn't have even said that one. Of course they have tea. I of course. Yes.
0: I had tea like three times <sighs> today.
1: So during tea time though on Christmas Eve, that's when they exchange gifts. Oh. Yeah. So do you guys do Christmas Eve gifts?
0: So or that's Christmas Day. Okay, so it's been a little bit of a shift I think because the last couple of years we have not been in Chicago for Christmas. My mom has gotten a little like, she's got a little upset because we've, mm-hmm. like, we've had to, like, celebrate on a different day. And it just kind of, like, throws a wrench in everyone's plans, I think. And it's hard because, like, we're, my family's now, like, kind of everywhere, primarily Chicago, but, like, St. Louis, too. And we're in Milwaukee and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, this year, we are going to be doing gifts on Christmas Eve. We're doing, a grab bag. Okay. But a different kind of... Sorry, we're not doing... Sorry, sorry. We're doing a secret. Nope. <laughs> we're doing a white elephant. Okay. That's what it is. It's different than... We've always done grab bags, and it's always been like a couple people can't be there or something like that, so it's not quite as fun. Um, but we usually like to do like pajamas and, you know, yeah. relaxed stuff and whatnot. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so we will actually be doing Christmas Eve with my family. I'll be doing Christmas Eve with my family. Okay. My husband will be working.
1: Okay. But typically, was that your tradition?
0: Our tradition was actually, well, we would do Christmas Eve with my mom's side of the family and then Christmas Day with my dad's side of the family. So that was... So, so that's when you'd open gifts with? we, Yeah, with the respective families. And then, of course, we'd open gifts with our own family, like the morning okay. of Christmas
1: Day. Yeah, I, we've always been a morning of yeah. family, so...
0: Do you celebrate both Christmas Eve and day?
1: Uh, we do church Christmas Eve and a dinner, but okay. we don't do gifts until Christmas Day. Okay. Okay, back to the royals. So, other things they do, they give gag gifts. So, and I don't know if this is true because this is, you know, this website's probably not the most reputable, but (laughs) reportedly Prince Harry gave Queen Elizabeth a shower cap that said, Ain't life a bitch? Harry did? Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: That actually would be awesome. Yeah. I think she has a little bit of a sense of humor. Yeah, like a weird sense of humor. I could see that.
1: Well, I mean, you probably have to have. I like to position. imagine. Yeah. Um, I bet
0: you drink scotch every day.
1: day. Uh, four cocktails. Mm-hmm. I know. That's I what mean. I'm
0: thinking. My grandmother used to drink scotch.
1: Scotch, scotch. Yeah, scotch. not me. No, thank uh, you. The so William and Harry actually play a game of football or soccer for us on Christmas Eve. The two of them. Uh, yeah, they they um, they play. They sign up for some game, and they play every Christmas Eve. Oh. Um, so that's... Then they go and have tea and open their gifts. Okay. Uh, they all decorate a tree, which is pretty normal. Uh, the menus for the meal, for Christmas Day meals, are written in French. That's not something I think we would see here.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: I don't know. It's probably, like, some... Anyway, like, this is what I'm saying. These traditions go back. Like, the weighing thing.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I also heard that they don't eat garlic. They don't serve anything. Oh, with garlic. there's a
1: lot of things that they're not allowed to eat in general. All like throughout right, right, life, like right. pretty much like anything that can cause food poisoning. Like they don't eat shellfish. Yes. Yep. It's so weird.
0: I feel like everything nowadays can become. Yep, they can't eat garlic. Yeah, I knew that they never serve it because it is
1: smelly. Yes. And they can't have seafood, mm-hmm. and they can't have foie gras. Oh and really? Oh yeah, because again, it's, isn't it raw? Is that
0: um, raw? What is it? It's no. like duck liver.
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's. I don't know what part. It's pretty it is. much like a like a ground up type Blubble. liver. I, th- I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um. Yeah, but there's like all these things that they can't. Yeah,
0: I thought I would heard about that before, and there, I think there are other things like the queen doesn't like, and so. She doesn't serve them. I can't read God, when did I re- read that? There are just other things that they typically are typically are not part of their menus, if you will.
1: yeah, so something a little bit different is they leave all their Christmas decorations up till February
0: because they don't have enough time to take
1: them down. I'm pretty sure they can hire or it just people. makes them happy because I think it makes them happy. Queen Elizabeth makes her happy.
0: It makes me happy. That's why I put mine up so early.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, they give Christmas pudding to the staff. That was something started by Queen Elizabeth's father.
0: Is Christmas pudding like figgy pudding?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know. So, kind of. I don't know. The Brits ha- don't have the best...
0: I feel like Brit- British food is a yeah. little different than most. Yeah, people think. it's
1: not it's not that great. Um, in my wow, in my mind, um, it's kind of like plum pudding. Oh, with like a lot of dried fruit. Okay, I don't know. And then like they have like nutmeg and cloves and I don't know. Well,
0: let me see the picture. Oh yeah, ew. Yeah,
1: it's. I I guess it's our. They're
0: equivalent to our fruitcake. I think Sean's. Okay, Sean's mom made. I think she. I thought it was figgy pudding. Yeah. Last year, the year before, it was actually quite good. It looked very different than what that picture showed. So now I'm assuming that they're not the same, but I don't know.
1: I don't know. Do Um, you? What
0: are like? Do you have any weird traditions yourself?
1: Weird ones? Or just, yeah.
0: I mean, there's no scale I can tell you. Oh, my God. (laughs) That would seriously, like, put a huge damper on my festivities. I think we have
1: pretty traditional traditions. I don't think there's anything that's really bizarre. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, we do the crackers, the, The the poppers. Yes, we do. Oh, my mom buys lottery tickets and puts them under everybody's plate. Like the scratch Oh, ones. really? Yeah. Well, that's cute. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure why. I like just that. It's a fun thing, yeah.
0: I got a DVD for Christmas one year. I've apparently never opened it. Okay. I just opened it, like, three days ago. And I found inside of the container some lottery tickets.
1: Oh, <laughs> and? Were any winners?
0: I don't know. It's, like, f- probably, like, four years past oh. the date. It was a Harry Potter movie.
1: <laughs> so I'm like... Oh, oops. Definitely forgot to use these. Well, I can tell you the last thing that I'm going to say is probably something you don't do either. And that's black tie dinner for Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. You get fancy? Black tie. No, we don't do that. The the royals do that.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Jamie. (laughs) I was like, damn, Sarah. Like, why have I not seen pictures of of dresses you're looking at? You
1: know, we just kind of go in
0: full length gowns. Because I... So just so you know, I was going to respond and say oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> that sounds like really fun. I mean, you know
1: it's like pre-New Year's Eve, like Yeah. You know, like all fancy and shit. Yeah. I think I think like I said, I would rather do it for New Year's Eve, but Yeah. Could you imagine walking down to your family's house in like a full-length gown, like to sit and have dinner in your mom's dining room?
0: That's a fair point. It's a fair point. I would feel so bizarre if I were wearing like high heels and like you know like a really like fancy dress. Not that I really. I mean, like we're
1: talking black tie, not just like dressed up. Yeah. Black tie. Right.
0: No, I I agree. Okay. 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 I think you swayed me that it's more appropriate for New Year's. Although for New Year's, I tend to like to be comfy. Comfy. Got it. Comfy and cozy.
1: So, should we get into our tasting here?
0: Yeah, sure. Now that we've had, you know.
1: An hour. A little bit of time. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm not the best champagne discerner. It's almost like, I want to say like
0: Nilla wafery smelling.
1: I mean, I'm just going to go straight to the taste because I don't smell anything different. It just smells like champagne to me. Okay. It's not. It's dry. Like, it's not sweet at all, which is It's I dry, like. dry, which do is fantastic. I think the pair that you said was right. Yeah.
0: It does taste a little bit, I don't want to say like too yeasty, not like biscuity, but like I do feel like it has more of a yeast Mm
1: -hmm. flavor. I get a little hint of vanilla.
0: Okay. All right. So vanilla wafers. There we go. Yeah.
1: There you go. I like it. It's creamy. It's creamy, but crisp.
0: A little bit. And I think there's a slight acidity on the, on the aftertaste. Yeah. Like at the very end after you swallow it. So it's, it is though, I will say a pretty clean finish. I mean, I still feel like a little extra fizz like on my tongue here, but it's not, I don't have a ton of leftover flavor. That I think is one of the real reasons why I love champagne and like other sparklings.
1: And champagne is like one of the easiest things to pair with food. Like if you're at, at, a, at a loss, mm-hmm. then you go with the champagne. It yeah. pairs well with Pretty much everything.
0: Oh, I know. And this one, even on Bollinger's website, it says to pair with... It pairs well with shellfish, which if Obviously. we're royals, we're not drinking... We're right. not eating shellfish. Right. But it also pairs well with sushi and sashimi, which they also probably wouldn't eat. But you and I definitely love to eat. And I think that would be very fitting.
1: But I, I'm sure it, it, pairs, it pairs well with desserts. Everything. Yes.
0: I did do a little research before we got into this. I saw that champagne is... Excuse me, recommended to be paired with camembert cheese.
1: Okay. And which has been going great with that.
0: Yeah, although I think I would prefer a brie instead of camembert because this camembert is not particularly gooey. Yeah. I like the slightly, like, mushier. Ri- yeah, yeah, richer, yeah. Again, it's fantastic with with that. And I, I do think that it would pair well with basically everything. We've talked before how, like, sparkling wines are meant to be, you know, they're a really... Well designed so that they pair with just about anything. Yeah. And they're palate cleansers, which is part of the reason why you can drink them with anything. So it's, if you're ever, you know, in, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh God, I don't know what to order. Yeah. Or what to drink, you can't go wrong with a sparkling.
1: No, you really can't.
0: Prosecco and Cava, I think, are going to be more fruity in nature. This is the driest, sort of the most. I'm going to say bland, but not in a bad way. I do think that this is going to have the the least amount, impart the least amount of flavor on your tongue so that you don't have anything to counter with what you're eating. Yeah, and you you can, I
1: mean, if you want to fancy anything up, bring out the bubbly.
0: Pop the fucking champagnes. Pop the champs. Pop the champs.
1: Yeah. You can even pair it with, like, junk food. With, like... (laughs) Potato chips <gasps> and, like, Could popcorn. Could you imagine Popcorn's popcorn? Popcorn's one of the top five things you can pair Oh, with. my God.
0: Actually, that would be so good. Yeah. I meant to buy some at the store today, Which makes
1: sense because a lot of times if it's made of the Chardonnay grape, like, sure. Chardonnay does really well with popcorn, I think. It does so. generally.
0: I – although I still question, you know, me and Chardonnay. We have a very tumultuous relationship, but I, I think, like – buttery chardonnay like over like very oaked heavily oaked chardonnay mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that would really pair as well with
1: well no it'd be popcorn too much because it'd same. be too much the
0: same yeah. exactly right so I do think that this crisper cleaner if you could drink this while you're watching a movie at the movie mm-hmm. theater with like you know gobs of butter all over your popcorn yes. yeah that's probably going to be an ideal pairing
1: or a salad a lot of times people don't know what to Pair with salad, I think this would do well.
0: Appetizer. This is great with appetizers and salads and stuff like that for mm-hmm. sure. And then even, like you said, with the desserts, I really liked that recommendation.
1: Yeah. So.
0: All right. All right. On that note, we're going to cheers to the Royals.
1: Cheers to the Royals. Because we like to
0: be fancy like and them.
1: Yes. In our fancy glasses. Fancy. Check out our Instagram page to see how fancy our glasses are. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you like what you hear then rate and review us, please, on iTunes.
0: And share with your pals. And share with
1: your pals. but Get
0: some more DB peeps in the his outs.
1: Yeah. Do it. Pop that champagne. Have fun this holiday season. And be safe, first and foremost. But
0: cheers. Cheers. Oh, it's so lackluster. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches
1: Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers from the girls of DBP.